welcome, welcome to your Blackest Hour. Your Blackest Hour on the net. I'm your co-host, Mr. Brown. And I'm KP. And we are back. Again. Going up on another on another Tuesday. Another Tuesday. We another two man weave, man. Man, it's getting it's getting played. I know. Anyone in the DMV, y'all wanna come join the show. Y'all more than welcome. This is getting too played. And we got we got nice about, amenities. Right. How about but you like, don't even have to be in the DMV? Like yeah, I, yeah. we we may just Vimbo. really think <laughs> no, right. no, 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 like, you you're trying to store <laughs> I knew how much my ticket cost. My ticket cost about $11. So I was like, 
yo, that's about $100 worth of kids right there. Of the kids prices. Then he had the audacity to be like, yo, what y'all want from the concessions? What you want? Popcorn, you want candy? I was like, yo, you the father of the year. Now you get that one, you buy this one thing of popcorn. (laughs) Y'all all all get that. Everybody's Everybody's putting out one thing of popcorn. I was like, yo, that's what being a black father is all about. And I know he's probably maybe, he may be my age, maybe slightly older, so I know he goes powering through. So I knew he could probably enjoy as well. He's like, yo. Was he gone to the movies during like peak time? Because you know, like, the adult ticket is like 10 and up. You got to get that adult ticket. My, I went at 4.15. So, so that was, no, no longer mad that. No, so he really loved them. Man, yeah, you, he, yeah, 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 he really loved them. What did he do for a living though? Like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, it might not even be, like, like, not even be hurting him. Like, like he, he was a millionaire. Yeah, he cool. He cooling. Cooling. He cooling. Nah, that's crazy, man. Um, yeah, I mean, father, yeah, shout out. I couldn't take like I don't have any kids, but I would only take one or two. <laughs> like you and your best friend can go, and I'm not gonna watch the movie. I'm just gonna sit in the car. Yeah, like what? What money your mama left you? Yeah, whatever. And he even was doing some discipline. What if I was like, if y'all don't shut your mouth in the middle of this, well, I'm like, dang, dad. Like, like, but you know, I recognize because they were sitting right in front of me. So of course I got to hear all, all the. <laughs> let me pivot into something. I, that I thought about. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff on the internet about um, whipping kids and like oh, and like the uh, the cycle. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what your thoughts are on like on disciplined children. Um, but I I used to think that I was gonna be somebody that was like, yo, like my kids act up, like I'm a pops from Boondocks and like <laughs> like whoop that wah, whoop wah, that ass, wah. yeah. But the more I read about it, it's like, are you really perpetuating this cycle of like this like slave mentality cycle of like that was the way slaves were disciplined so now you discipline your kids the same way and it kind of perpetuates this cycle. Yeah, you know, I've just had like just heard different thoughts about it and just just trying to think like where where, where, where did you stand on that? I think as an educator I have general ideas uh, about it. Um, one thing very clear, I seldom got whooping as a child, like seldom. And so, was that because you were a good kid, or because you, oh, like like there I, I, there are reasons I, that they can have. I, right? I don't think I was a good kid. I think I just read the crowd in the room very very well. I was like, you could very much operate in the parameters of your parents' rules and not get. But you can still do a lot of things that you want to do, and operate around the parameters that they given. And I guess it was like. Yo, if you don't talk back, you good. So why am I talk back? I can mumble in my head. They don't know I'm talking back in my head. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know it's weak, but and you gonna and you gonna get this ass off and get this ass off, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, so like, don't talk back. Don't don't lie. Okay, don't lie. Uh, and uh, just rules that my mama had that I had to go in. It also helped that my brother was such a major screw up. Growing up, I, that, that, why that, would you say that? All? I I would never call my brother a screw up live on man, air. He, but he was getting his burn cut on the regular. She got that's how she got me because I was like opposite of him. I think girls into the house. All right, going in there. Look, look, 
as his business gets put all out on <laughs> all, the street. All, all, all out there. Like, I was more that, like, yo, she said do this. So, like, 15 minutes before she comes in the house, make sure that's done. You know what I'm saying? So make a mad dash, trample, do all that. So, so are you going, the question yeah, is, am I going to walk my children? Yes. Are uh, you going to discipline? And it, and not only that, but would you get mad if somebody else disciplines your kids? Like, it, like don't, you, don't, 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 I would be upset if you discipline my child physically and I don't discipline my child physically. I think a lot of people do the spanking so quick as the first report it loses some of its power. Like, I think you should earn an ass-whooping. Like, if you caught the store as a child, I have to whoop your ass so you remember that that's not cool. It's never going to be cool. And there's repercussions that's going to be bigger for you as a America that you need to remember this discipline. Like, when I'm with my nephew, he scared me in some regards. I would never lay a hand on that child. Mom used to call me and was like, yo, your nephew's wilding out. Talk to him. I don't want to talk to Uncle Devin. I don't want to talk to Uncle Devin. I'm like, yo, I ain't never laid my hands on you. But I'd be like, yo, what, what happened? I'll let you talk. let you explain. I'll listen. Now, huh? Ask a few questions. Next thing I know, all right, so this is what you got to do. You need to sit right there in that corner. Look at that corner. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to say you said your piece. And what you did was wrong. Do you understand it was wrong, right? Cool. Go over there and just look at the wall, and he'll go in the corner and be quiet, sit there. And then if he move, I give him that look. Thank you, teaching. You helped me perfect my look. Like for the longest, I didn't have my parent voice, my teacher voice, mm-hmm. but I finally got it. You know how you earn your earn your teacher voice, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I taught you how, right? No. Uh, no, 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 no. This is how you do it. And so I'm gonna caution this. It's gonna be some profanity come out of my mouth, but this is how they taught me in teacher school. It was like, say fuck you. And I was like, huh? In the middle of class? Amongst all these white folks? And all that? It's like, that better say. And it's like, fuck you. And it was like, say it again. Fuck you. Now say, sit down. And it just comes out. If you have that mentality in your voice, you don't got to yell that. And you mean it every time. Mm. Sit down. Now. I still want to. I still and, and, and you just get your voice right and just mean what you say. Be consistent. You be you dope as a parent. Now, if you got to put the hands on a kid, it better be worth it. Don't whoop your kid every day. That's unnecessary. And leaving bruises and marks. Now I got to call the, the people on you and everything. But anyway. Okay. So the other like, so so one. I tried to drop this uh, comment in there. If you have kids, I, if you don't know, um, you know, we do the show on Facebook Live for for our podcast audience. Uh, so we we have like a lively discussion, but uh, if there are any parents with kids in the in the audience, would you allow? So would you allow someone to discipline your kid in a way that you don't discipline your kid? Because I was watching this episode of Good Times. They got this episode, and the clip has been like all on Facebook. This episode of Good Times where James like like whoops the neighborhood kids. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you know it was like you know anybody loved me like that. And I look at it from like the from the from the slave master to slave. The slave relationship, it wasn't done out of no act of love. Like no whipping no slaves was done out of no act yeah. of love. It was an act of like um like the servitude, obedience and, and, and to humiliate them in front of in front of other people. Like it's like a, a humiliation act. And so I'm trying to figure out what that what that fine line is between like that humiliation 
And, you know, is that something, one, that you would ever allow someone to do to your kid? Well, I guess my question is, would you whoop your child in public? Like, what is the, the purpose of the whooping? Like, you should never whoop a child if you're angry. See, like, you should never, uh, I don't think you should ever whoop a child in public. I mean, that, that's, that's what weird, because, like, I, I have, like, so I just, I'm, I'm conflicted. Like, I'm really conflicted about it. Because, like, sometimes I think kids do earn that, that ass whooping. Well, no, no, you can equip what? And then you keep it moving. <laughs> true, true. But then on the other hand, it's like, yo, like, are we perpetuating? So I think about, the, are we perpetuating the cycle? Two, like, I can count the number of times that my mom, like, had to, like, put hands on me. And then I can count the number of times that my dad, like, put hands on me. And I was just, I, you know, like you said, I was just definitely afraid of my father. Like, I knew if he was coming, <laughs> he was coming with uh, me. But, but what was the brewing? Right. I'm going to regale you with a tail. Uh, and I know the comments are coming in fast and right. furious. Uh, my father has only whooped me one time in my whole life. One time. And he actually said it at my wedding. Uh, and he was like, one day he had a club. For those who don't know, my dad owned a nightclub, which is a very interesting. It was tight. It was tight. Hanging out with my dad at a club. And... He asked me, his, I think I might have been eight years old, nine years old, to clean up the yard of the club. And there's like beer bottles and beer cans all over. And when beer has been out in the sun, it has the smell to like an eight-year-old nose. It was like, it smelled horrible. And I was like, Daddy, who left all this stuff out here in the yard? Because I was taught. If you put something down, you pick it up. Right. And he was like, the customers did it. And I was like, well, daddy, then they need to pick it up. And he's looking at us. And he says it later on. It's like, yeah, that boy making a lot of sense. They should pick it up. But wait a minute. Didn't I give you a direct thing to do? And you disobeyed me? Oh, he whooped you for that? <laughs> yeah. Ah, he, he whooped me for that because I guess I was talking back. I was talking back. It wasn't uh, obeying what right. uh, he asked me. But who he was talking back because in my mind, the logical reply and responsibility is that you need to do it. I did pick up that trash that day. Uh, I, I was like, I figured that was not a good day to be stubborn about certain situations. But I, you know, nah, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really get. In, so yeah, I, I probably didn't get into a lot, a lot of trouble that my mother actually found out about. You know, like single mom chronicles. Yeah, I'm there's reading, a lot of things. I'm reading this comment like, like, yo, like, what up, Audrey? But really, like, a family member can spank a child, but not a step parent, and definitely yeah, not my children's that's, father. That's going to home. That's, that's a whole, whole another, whole another, another realm. Mm. And and I think that's one of the things I'm afraid about being someone's step parent. Because, like, I have to discipline them and they, eventually. And I feel like that step, like, as a kid, you got to test your step-parent. Like, you got to. You, you have to. Like, there has to be this thing where you're, like, you are going after who's in control of this household. So, it's like, you got to test the step-parent. Like, you have to, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, my, um, my mom never remarried. Uh, after my parents got divorced, my mom never remarried, and and nope. she only and she only had one, and I'm putting all her business out there. I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even gonna do, yeah, I ain't gonna do that to you. Mom. But I I can only remember one boyfriend that that she had, and 
you know, he used to let us beat up his kids because he was like, they need to get toughened up. <laughs> and we weren't even the toughest kids in the like by no means were we the toughest kids. He was like, yeah, y'all need to toughen up my little boys because they're not tough enough. So he let us get away with murder just because he was like, toughen up my kids. My stepmama spanked me before, but it was a, it was a in the room spanking. You know, my stepbrother did something. And we both got the both guy, because you ain't tell. You ain't tell. I'm like, God. Hey, look, look. After she left, I had to fight him. It's like, it's like yeah, I'm like, yo, bro, no one lays hands on me. No one. My mama don't lay hands on me. My daddy don't lay hands on me. And your mama just laid hands on me, so I have to lay hands on you. That's the way it goes. Older brother privilege. We're the same age. I don't care. <laughs> According to these monks. I'm older right now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just start, I just started thinking about that, you know, like that James, and then you start talking about the kids, and and I, you know, like I'm, I don't know, like I'm blessed not to have kids right now. <laughs> <laughs> I take that as a blessing. Um, but I just don't know if I can get into it, man. I don't know if I can be that angry at something uh, I created. Uh, I I can. Like I, I've been there. So you are gonna discipline. So you are gonna discipline your kids. Yeah, I'm definitely going to discipline my kids. I'm talking about, like, physically discipline Yeah, yeah, I I told you, it has to be situations that merit that it needs to go that far. And I think my mom kind of put that that out there, like, sometimes you got to go that far. But, like, even when mom spanked me, it was like she hit my hand. one of these. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, my mama wrote up a newspaper and, like, (laughs) backslapped me with a newspaper one time. Then she was like, that might have been a little excessive. <laughs> and like, you can't do it after the fact, mom. Like, after the fact, you can't say that that was excessive. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you train them right, and you don't never have to, to be in that situation. But my pops was, was rubber straps, extension cords, <laughs> like, whatever he could do. And he had, like, the strongest fingers ever, because I'd never been plucked harder. <laughs> like, I've never been plucked and cried before, unless he... And did and I think that's more just the act of your dad plucking you, and and uh, like it's more like the act of discipline. Like, like who who in your life outside of your family that you know could spank you, and your mom be like, "Well, I guess you deserve that butt whooping." Oh, anybody at the church? Anybody at the church? Yeah. All the all the mothers. Yeah, she let anybody at the church like. <laughs> Like, that was, like, like, because she would have been, like, you must have really did something bad. Because they love you. If you love me. Right, right. And Miss Beulah. Right, because they love you. You're the most charming, you're the most charming guy at church. Like, <laughs> like you're the most charming kid at church. So, you must have really messed up <laughs> if, if they want to spank you. Like, yeah, I, I think, I mean, and if you were at somebody else's house, acting yeah. a, acting a, a fool, yeah, yeah and, then it's their rules. Like, yeah, my mom was big yeah. on, like, it's their house, their rules. And so, if ass whooping comes, you know, yeah. of course she would never, you know, my mom didn't curse, but you know, basically, if ass whooping came, yeah. you know, you'd catch that ass whooping. I used to, like, how the I used to spend the night at? Like, I spent the night at, at my homie, Stanley, shout out fan of the show. Uh, his family was from Africa, so they ain't really think like that. It was more of, like, a logical discussion and, like, what was the action, his reaction that was about to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you did this, you might gotta clean this whole garage, and I'm like, and I'm like, Stanley, you did that. I ain't going to that garage. Spiders in that garage, man. I ain't. <laughs> so again, irrational phobias. Uh, your irrational phobias of uh, uh, different things. Like, yo, you're not doing that. And then I think I went to one of my white homies' house, and his older brother was going so damn ham with the parents, 
and like like the dad and the, the older brother was like physical, like fights. I'm like, they don't do this in my house. Was they like was they stealth? Was it stealth? No. Okay, because no. I feel like, I mean, I, I like I feel like you have to actually go like all the way. In. Like if you're a tough kid. Like I don't know no step kid has not tried to test their step kid. What what if you never knew your your like mother or father? And so like, this is the I think that's parent, still I think it's still know. the test. You know, even with Will Smith and Uncle Phil, <laughs> he had to test them. He had to test them, and like you know that wasn't his real step. You know that wasn't his step father. That was like a surrogate father. So, uh, now I just feel like there's this test. You know, like you got to test them. Like you got to test them. I I'm glad I was never put in that position where I had to test. A step parent, yeah, yeah, because I would have did it. Because I'm, a, I'm a habitual line stuff. Like I'm a test, and I'm a test, and I'm a test. I'm gonna see what I can get away with. I probably was the closest to having a, uh, another a stepfather. I don't think I would have would have tested them because I like. I think that's a part of when you date some kids, you got to form a relationship with the kids, and like I respected that man because that man allowed me to listen when I was in this phase of my life. Uh, like number with that Yankovic. In his car, he let me run the the radio, and I made this dude listen to Will Yankovic records like the whole time. And I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry, uh, sir. That man was just doing anything he could. <laughs> he really loved my mom. Right, look, look, that man was doing whatever he could. <laughs> he let me run his radio and listen to this, and then he tried to hit me in, like some uh some dance hall. Oh no, he tried to hit me up Bob Marley, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cute. Are we? Are we? Are we Johnny? Yeah, Mr. Oh, okay. Johnny. <laughs> Yeah, so he's like, the only one that ever ascended. You're right. He ascended to like Uncle Johnny status in the family. Shout out to Mr. Johnny, man. Wherever you are. I hope you're okay, man. It's, I met man, mama and his grandma. Like, they were so nice to me and everything. Like, yo. Like, hey, big up to, to the potential step parents. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I just didn't ever have that experience. That's, that's crazy. Like, like, I, like, that's, like, that's my fear of being in 30s and ever having to date again. <laughs> like I don't want to be like I gotta meet who little, uh, little Jimmy. Uh, oh God. <laughs> nah, I feel like if I ever got in that position, I'm like really good with kids, and like you know, like I've always been on the fence whether or not I want to have kids of my own. So like picking up a, a step kid that's kind of like grown and potty trained already, uh, man. Nah, if, was, if they're young, young, cool. Nah, I just don't like they gotta be potty trained. To age, you know, 16? Like, if you come in, they they 12 years old. Oh, Lord. No, like I just got to be watching. Like, if they 17, and they 17, and they big, like they're a football player or something like that, because <laughs> you know he's going to test you. <laughs> you might put the so, hand Right. Right. So, you got to be like, you got to know you can win. So, yeah. So, like, yeah, I would probably stay out of that range. But, you know, if I, uh, you know, if I ever, uh, Got a divorce and 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 was dating a, a woman with kids and like yeah I I mean I I'd be alright with it like I'd be alright with it uh, it's just an adjustment it's yeah. just a, it's just I'd be, an adjustment I'd, I'd be alright with it because I because because I would try to like make those kids my own because I don't necessarily want to have kids of my own so I think that's oh. the that's the oh I mean, uh, atmosphere no nah, <laughs> I mean I mean. It's, you know, we talk about that stuff all the time. Like, it's not a big deal yeah. for me. Having kids or not having kids is not a big deal. Sure like, it's never been a, it's never been this deal breaker where I'm like, oh my god, if I don't have a kid, I don't feel fulfilled in life. Like, I could be a bomb and a step parent, and at the end of the day, adoption is never off the table. And I think, uh, I think that's the, uh, I think that's the other thing. Like, I never put adoption off the table. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I, I've touched my master plan of adopting some. 
white male children and train them up. Please stop, stop this guy. Stop this guy. Like he just says things like that. Just that you want to adopt white male children. Yeah, From, all of these black kids that I'm need. A, I'm a, if I'm adopt white male children, of course I'm adopt the black children first. How many kids you want to adopt? <laughs> like you are a teacher, right? I'm about to start a band. Okay, <laughs> a like, Parchers family. Okay, okay, you are a teacher. Yeah, and yeah. on a teacher salary <laughs> that affords you maybe a kid. Yeah, man. And, and with these cuts that's coming, yo, like I, I just want to say that it seems me that uh. Cats is making out here, making way less than I do, and got seven and eight and nine. Kids. Are they happy though? <laughs> like you don't understand. You no, don't know what's going like on. Life hard. They do look like life hard. Like like they the happiest of individuals, and and this right. be looking tired. Like just I tired yeah, all yeah. the time. You know how pro black our family is. Yeah. Like how is that gonna go over? At, like they are gonna be sitting in Christmas meetings. <laughs> Oh, they're going to be all about it. And somebody's going to be like, this motherfucker with this white privilege. <laughs> no offense. No offense, little, 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 little <laughs> Del Bond. And, 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 no, it's going to be like Ethan and Jack. I'm just calling him Jack. <laughs> no, like, it, it's like they're going to know everything about black culture, but then they would be the master. But like, no, are they going to appropriate black culture? They're not gonna put because they're all black. They're gonna be like Paris. They they're, are black. No, they can't they, be black. They can't be black. They're gonna be like Paris okay, they can't Jackson in them with them children okay, sweaty they, black. They just can't they can't be black. They, they sweated them children sweaty black. Like you can't adopt kids and tell them like that's when the, like white people adopt their kids and be like, yo, you're not gonna experience the world as a black person. No. No, yeah. that's the, that's the, that's gonna be true. They, they, they're gonna be in in grace, in growth, in 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 blackness. And they're gonna identify with the blackness. No, no, you okay. <laughs> all right, so you're gonna raise a group of Rachel Dozells. Listen, like y'all listening to this guy on the podcast tonight, like he is going to raise like I didn't even write this, like we didn't even script this. Like how, yeah. how do we get well, into it's not gonna be Rachel Dozell because she wasn't authentic. Imagine how black these little white boys gonna be. But that but are you saying that that's authentic? Or, or are you so you're not gonna give them their cultural you're not gonna give them their white culture. Like you're not gonna be like what is white culture? Good point. What, what, what is that? Good point. That's everybody else's stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like like if you want me to take them English and England, I'm just they can learn about Great Britain. I'm just and saying. Oh, they Scottish. Whatever. Me personally, I need. I if I adopted some white kids, one, you know, everywhere you go, someone will call the cops on you for having these white babies that you stole. Because <laughs> um, that's just that's just a matter of fact. Like you won't you won't get anywhere in 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 this city and people will be like, Okay, either he's no, a no, this you're a black man, you're not even a black woman. If a black woman was walking around with white kids, have then, a white, white, black then you automatically baby. become like the black woman automatically becomes like the babysitter caretaker nanny, right? Because that's just programmed in their minds. Black man walking around with white kids? Oh nigga. With you, two white boys, oh, they little white girls. Oh I'm, I'm little, little, little white boys, I'm straight. A little white girl? Nah. Oh no! Oh oh yeah, oh! You you you, you you serving time? I'm getting I'm getting stopped. All ain't, the nobody, time. ain't nobody ain't nobody getting I, 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 I gotta walk around with like my adoption papers on me like, nah, they, they, nah, they, they mine. Carrying slave papers, right? <laughs> yeah, like carrying your freedom they, they papers. Mine. They mine. So 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 we got some you know <laughs> you know we're on blogradio.com, but uh, also on, we're on Facebook Live and in our Facebook Live comments. Um, do we believe in transracial people? Hell no. 
Like, who, who believes in trap? Like, stop it. Like, this, 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 this is what I'm going to say to you now. If you are a oh, like, like, because race is a man-made construct, right? Race is a man-made construct. There's some uber, light-skinned black people that they didn't say verbally out of their mouth. Their phenotype look all the way white until they say, like, nah, I'm black, whatever. Because you got to look, listen, what's the, what's the MMA fighter? What's that young lady's name that that's been getting a butt kick lately? But she Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's grandfather was the very first black physician in Canada. Very first black physician. That woman has black blood in her. She might one day call come out like, "Yo, I'm black." Okay, she and, can't. Okay, she is. That's not. That's but, not but being transracial. But when you look at her, you would be like, "Nah, she white all day, that, that, every that, day." Yeah. And, and so, but she what, got what, some hands like a black woman. You can tell that she has some black people in her. Um, in her. Nah, but no, we just. Uh, 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 no, I'm just saying. Like, no, I don't believe in. No, I don't believe in. And and transracial. That's no thing because I, I think. I think race is a social construct, but it's still a, it's still a representative of your experiences though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they're in growth in the black culture, they they read the same books that I was read. Uh, I had to read growing up that make them watch Rudy Five like my mama. Christian Comments getting us trying to get us to go down this slippery slope <laughs> of our relationship to transgender people. I'm not going that slope, sir. I'm not going to say any of that is a man-made. That that that's a man being transgender is a man-made construct. I think not, not gender. Well, sex isn't man-made, but it's sure. Man-made. I can't go down that road. I ain't yeah, I, 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 yeah, I ain't nope. smart enough. Nope. Um, but not today, Chris. But the thing <laughs> is, like you know, I always say, like you just, you know, you can't change being being black. Like you wake up every morning, you're born black. You, you know, even if it's a social co- construct, you're born with melanin in your skin, so you can't get away from what that melanin does. Well, what about the extra light-skinned black folks? Okay, I mean, it's still some melanin in the skin. Is it? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like generation, uh, you know. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Lady, like hit me up that they were black. The boy from Prison Break, that he was like, "Yo, I'm black," and it's like, "Oh, dang!" You pull one over, Vin Diesel, and, and, and he's like, you know, "I'm black." I'm like, "Oh, dang!" You got one over. But you know, man. black people are the most inviting people to like people in the race. Like, we can't get rid of nobody. <laughs> But, but we'll take everybody in. Like, we can't get rid of nobody. Like, we can't get rid of Ben Carson. We can't get rid of, like, all kinds of people that we just want to get rid of. We haven't made this draft yet, Dave right. right. We can't get rid of Stephen Smith. We can't get rid of, like... Oh, I'm going to get rid of Stephen. I, I would, man. He just said something. Like, his his level for this respectability politics scene is just on the whole. no reason to get rid of the man. Oh, yeah. And you the same one to tell me I can't get rid of Charles Barkley? Yeah, I actually agree. Yeah, yeah, so right. we keep it Charles Barkley. We keep it Stephen A. Smith. True. All right. And no, we keep it OJ, too. I, I never yeah. I never said OJ is a... OJ, OJ, OJ signifies something bigger in this community. <laughs> and OJ didn't become black until after the trial. Look, Stacey Dash, thank you. Yes, we definitely need to give back Stacey Dash. Nah, um, nah. Stacey Dash was one of my early crushes. If she I, did, did, when did she was everybody's people. early crush. She played like a twenty-year-old for twenty years, and and still could to this day. Yeah. However, I I just think you know like like I don't I don't know like this is the first time like 
you know, the, the, the running joke is like, you know, don't nobody want to, like, everybody will be black until it's time to be black. Yeah. So, so like, <laughs> I got to run a list though. Like, right. Keep the, head, keep the list going. People that we would give away. <laughs> Who do we give away, man? Because like, we can't, because we really can't. Like, legit, like, every black person that we don't want to identify, they parade, parade them around as the voice of the generation. Like, that's the voice of black people. That sucks. Hey. It's understanding. Like I talk to my mom a lot. Shout out to my mom, who is the founder of uh, History Matters Institute, um, and she recently had a, a, a program, a workshop about race at a predominantly white church, uh, where she had a young man, where she started a black, a young black man, where they started talking about race and, and class and just. How how we identify in the culture of something being so rich and great that he had to leave the room and started crying, and later found out that he he hated himself, he hated his blackness because he was one of those kids who was like the only black child in white culture, his whole life, and he never was. So you in that positivity. So you just want kids, stuff. you want your white adopted kids to hate themselves. Nah, nah, because. They always will be through the media encouraged to be that the whiteness yeah. is great. Yeah, that's so a good so point. they go surround about blackness at home, but in the outside world is always gonna view their whiteness. So they're gonna have that true voice understand black folks and understand that it was like like tell cats who like grew around black folks, like Joe Biden comfortable comfortable around black folks. Like I he ain't one of us, but you can right. tell the tell he comfortable around it. And you can tell when cats have no idea about anything That's in true. black culture. And so they could be that that people who told the line, who can understand whiteness and understand the blackness and how that relates to the greater struggle. Now, this I mean, that, you know what the crazy part is? Like, you need this whole intense social experiment with you adopting white kids and bringing them up when black kids are already conditioned to adjust and, and operate in this in this world, yeah. and, and and so the thing is, I need the privilege, right? But I, I need the privilege. right. But towing, see, the, see, that's what you're missing. But you're talking about towing the line, like raising kids that just can tow the line instead of smashing the like like. Why wouldn't they just be out here trying to smash the 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 privilege, like smash the white supremacy? Like you want them towing the line, you want them operating in both because you want to benefit from their <laughs> operation in both. In my, both man's or, a, my man's a smart man. My man's a smart man. Like not not bust down the door and blow the system up for everyone else to benefit. Only you. <laughs> Give me forest fires. My man, you are smart. I understand how smart you are. Nah, yeah, yeah, got to the root cause. That's, that's crazy. That's that's crazy. Like, but but to me, I get you know I feel some type of way with like I I'm not gonna lie. I feel some type of way when white when white people adopt black kids. Cause it's like there's nothing that you can't prepare that you can't prepare that kid you can't prepare that kid for like as much as you want to prepare that kid for life you can't prepare that kid for life and that's that really you know that really bothers like like are we creating are we creating some messed up kids because they because because they're brought up in the safety net of of that until they get to the real world experience as something that that your parents can't protect you from period and my my question is like I think as uh, male, being a black male, uh, born, uh, being raised by white parents might be a little difficult, but as a young child, being a little girl raised by white parents, 
I, I used to I used to be around these babies as a teacher. I'm like, oh, little girl, if I knew how to do hair, if I knew how to do your hair, because they be just doing all kind of. No, when they come into the barbershop, and she's just like, yeah, just cut it. And I'm like, as a kid who was the recipient of so many bad haircuts in a black home. <laughs> Like, I cannot sit by idly and let you give this kid a bad haircut in your white home. Like, literally just put a bowl on his head and, like, cut up. Man. And then, it, I, I, I can't, I can't it, it, man. And so, when it starts that, like, I kind of I kind of think. Because I think about, uh, you remember Marcus Dixon? Um, in Georgia. Uh, it was about 2007, 2006, 2005. Marcus Dixon was an all-star football player in the state of Georgia. One that would, would be like a top five recruit. Ah, uh, you're talking about yeah, he, he was raised by white parents. He was adopted by white parents. And his little girlfriend was white. And they got okay. caught having having relations. And the white father uh, got him arrested off of statutory rape. Like, they're only one year apart. But that game go in high school and, like, literally robbed this kid. Of his whole, yeah, uh, of his whole, yeah, uh, of his whole, whole career. I, I mean, I guess the, I guess the positive side was it was that he ended up going, just going back to college and getting a college degree. And yeah, it wasn't worth it. Degree, yeah, like, but you know, it could have cost that man some millions, like, and yeah, it's and supposed to be the truth. And she wasn't trying to, she wasn't trying to press charges, but you know how, you know well, how, you know how, you know how your people get. Here's your one over here. You know how they get. I said white. Boys, all right, mess with them white girls. Like, so many narratives. White women have gotten so many black people killed. Yeah, like a regular. Like, we can uh, we can run that list in the like like what number one Emmett Till. Like 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 white dudes do the killing, but why were they doing the killing for? Like the whole basis of a birth of a nation is because we got to protect the white sanctity of a woman. Like like we have to protect our woman. That's like I've, I've listened to KKK rallies. We have to protect our women. Now you and, 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 and that gets us killed. That's why they cut our private parts off when we was lynched. Yeah, I went there. Yeah, that was just way too like there was this there was this line for radio. Yeah, even yeah. a podcast, even yeah, internet radio. Too much. Too much. You hear internet radio, but it's in a, it's in a history book though. You just hop over. N- not in Texas. <laughs> not in Texas. And, and other and slavery, other slavery was a happy thing. And if people think slavery is happy. They watch Underground. Oh my God! Best show on TV right best now. Best show on TV. Underground is illuminating how horrible slavery was on so many levels. How many levels? So many levels. I can't even articulate. Like, like the psycho, the psychological, the emotional, the physical. Like, like it's trauma on trauma on trauma. No wonder it's still not DNA. Like, yeah. like the the things that people ask why I'm surprised everyone ain't just commit suicide on a regular basis. Like that's how crazy the scenario of being a slave. Is when I'm watching so let's, let's, Underground. So let's just jump back on 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 some things. You know, we, you know, we kind of jumped into how Power Rangers. If if you haven't seen the new Power Rangers movie, if you like so, Power Rangers, go see that. The black man is the Blue Ranger and not the Black Ranger. I feel some type of way about that because we're in a state of being unapologetically black. And, and I want the black. I wanted the black man to be the Black Ranger and like throw a, like throw a Black Power fist as the Black Power as a black man as the Black Ranger throwing up the Black Power fist. During the movie, that's what I would have loved. <laughs> but but he's more of a main character. It, the, it the story's always just to revolve around the Red Ranger, no the Blue Ranger, right. 
and the Pink Ranger. And I'm about to make you a little more upset. The Blue Ranger is black and is also autistic. See, man, I... <laughs> but he's on the very extremely functioning I have no, autistic nothing, like the Dan Aykroyd. Nothing against, nothing against autism. Nothing, nothing against autism at all. I, but like, he, those are some... Those are some of my favorite, like favorite kids to do, like the to be around, right. autistic kids, because I feel like they're geniuses. But uh, um, some of them, yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> okay, the ones that I, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. This is spectrum. Like, yeah, there's a, a spectrum. So, so like he probably had more like an Asperger's syndrome, right? Like he just kind of deal socially. So I thought it was cool, and he operated where you didn't look down upon him on that. He did a lot of interesting stuff with this movie, and he is the heart of the movie. So. Big ups to the actor yeah. who 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 so, played the part. All right, so you know we want to stay on the on the thing. Like I guess I never even jumped into my blackest moment, but uh, in New Orleans on Saturday, Chris Rock did a live comedy show on his tour with Eric Andre, Chris Rock. I can't remember what the name of the other tour. I've never seen Eric Andre do stand up before. Well, I got I got interesting stories about it. So uh, so Chris Rock is doing Chris Rock is doing stand up. And all of a sudden, Dave Chappelle just, uh, you know, Dave Chappelle is at the show. Oh, he's just sitting out watching it. No, 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 no. He's on stage. No, he comes out on stage. No, no, they, so, so Dave Chappelle, Rock like, they gave him out. Like, like Chris Rock did. So they let Eric Andre, somebody else, and then um, um, Dave Chappelle got on 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 the on the stage. Kind of did like like opening up. But when Chris Rock came out, they just decided to do the set. Which is interesting because comedians don't like sharing. Right, ninety minutes of pure like they were like it was just pure greatness for ninety minutes. So they just traded jokes back Trade. and forth. And I, I'm waiting on some video of this to drop. I think I think probably is on that. It's got on YouTube. Right, I got like I need some like real videos of oh. in New Orleans. Dave Chappelle and, has a no cell phone rule that it shows. Well, we don't know if Chris Rock does, does, you know. <laughs> so so yeah, it was you know like. Like that's the like that was something interesting, but I'm reading this comment. I'm reading this comment. I can't. Yeah. I cannot. I cannot go back to this. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, shout out to my aunt Am who's watching this show. Was it truly protecting the women or protecting the race? Was it fear of eventual extinction or was it jealousy of the power of melanin? I I, I read something that uh, Dr. Francis Crest Wilson Wilson wrote um, that was very fighting sources. Right. No, that, that was very. Uh, that was very similar to what my aunt is is talking about in the Facebook comments that that the that the power of melanin, the fear of extinction as as a race, like drives like it's been the driving factor for white people forever. Um, like that fear of extinction extinction. And she even talked like Dr. Uh, Francis Cross Wilson even talks about you know she's the one who wrote Dice and Papers if you uh, if you're not familiar with with uh with some of her work. But if you YouTube her, like she has very good lectures and talks about about this irrational fear of extinction that white people had that drove them to these levels of savagery and brutality against people of color, specifically with you know melanin melanin folks. But but back to back to yeah so just yeah just the one and there so they said there was no video there was no video because the club had no cell phones. Scott, Darren, but because they they could go because you know it was that that rumor. That Dave Chappelle went to the Laugh Factory in L.A. and literally did comedy. It was like one of his first back, like I'm back mm-hmm. after in between his ten years he's been gone out of the spotlight, where he did uh, 
seven hours of comedy. Seven hours of comedy and nobody left. And I was like, is that a legend? Because, you know, he's also bombed in the midst of all that, too. You know, he explained his bomb, but I was like, seven hours? Like, I've seen him go two hours unscripted, unadulterated Chappelle, and it was the greatest night two hours right. ever. And I literally watched this man drink cappuccino, and he made drinking cappuccino Smoke cigarette. <laughs> right. like the greatest thing ever. Like, he was like, this is the most ballest thing ever. Look how balling I I got a cappuccino machine on there, and a white man serving me cappuccino. Look at that. Balling! Like, now we gotta go back. We still gotta go back, because yeah. the comments are coming in fast and, yeah, yeah. and furious. So, so, so we gotta go back. So, so uh, Chris, like, I... I I I haven't read that book, but I've been um I've been reading a couple. Uh, if you uh you read brother uh brother Mario Doctor Mario Bedelli's book called War uh, on America, and it talks about it talks about being free being black folks being free from slavery and automatically becoming having to become um, second class citizens like never having the choice to be. To like go and say, okay, well now that we're free. Can we just go back to Africa, or can we just do something different? Like, why do we have to become U.S. citizens? And there's been no other place in the world where, where quote unquote, America has gone in and freed people or or implemented democracy, where they've made those people become um, uh, uh, citizens and second class citizens. Well, maybe Puerto Rico and maybe Guam. <laughs> we'll go with we'll go with those two. Um, but, but yeah, I think that that's an interesting component. Um, if you, if you, uh, if you want to drop the author and, and of the, whoever wrote black Confederates, but I mean, I think that there was very, the, I think black Confederates was not a, a conscious choice. It was more like your, your slave owner was saying, Hey, you're going to cook in this army. You know, because cause there's not there's not black Confederate soldiers. They're black Confederate cooks. They're black Confederate runners. They're black Confederate people that are on the front line to take the bullets. And um, so it's like, like bodies. Exactly. So yeah, they're, they're like I don't think there was any like, and and we have a lot of history folks in the in the comments, and 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 both of us are history majors yeah. ourselves. But but go ahead. Oh, now it's time for me in the controversy and my theories about white folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so. Strap on your no, 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 no. controversial <laughs> theories about white folks. That should be that could have been a segment. Like, all yeah, this time. Write that down. Write that down. Uh, so we'll put that on there. Uh, so um, maybe two years ago or so, uh, the History Channel did uh, Humans, the History of Us, and where they broke down uh, coming out of Africa, which you know for the longest white people refuted that everyone came out of Africa. Now it was like fact, historical fact even going down into scientific DNA, uh, that everyone came out of Africa. And they were saying how when you moved up to the European, how it was a lot colder, the climate, therefore, changed your skin tone because you need to get more sun because you were less exposed. So you didn't need that melanin to block mm-hmm. all that sun. That's why they had a lighter, uh, lighter hue. And because they moved to this area, which was a harsher environment, you had to have a different mentality. And so my theory is why you see white people are doing all this exploring and doing all this conquering and all this other kind of stuff because when they raised themselves, sucked. My Ethiopian professor always said, why did we have to leave Africa? We had everything we needed right here. 
That's why we never try to conquer Europe, because Europe has nothing. You never see the Asians try to conquer other stuff outside of their area, because they're like, you got everything we need right here, baby. But Europeans, I got to go explore this new world, because we ain't got nothing. Because we got ice. We got ice. <laughs> if we, if we, we didn't have that much trees, we cut all our trees down, because we try to do I that. Mean, That's I, why you got Vikings killing them and doing all this crazy stuff, and when they see people that don't look like them, they've been trained and conditioned to fight and take over because that's what their harsh conditions have always said. And now they try to paint the narrative that, oh, y'all didn't have the bravery, the the, the uh, courageousness. Everybody know that they went in and they stole all that yeah. knowledge from the, the, like, like the, Egyptians and then whitewashed the Egyptians. To, it's so like so. it's an it's a understanding thing of when I think about white people in savagery and how they always try to flip the script that blacks were savages, uh, the Asian people were backwards, all these kind of things. Like, but look what you did to people who didn't look like you. No other race of people was like, yo, let's get these group of people. If Asians had, like, went to Europe and like, nah, you got to work on these rights patterns. They didn't do that. The Indians to to Australia and was like, yo, I need you to to I couldn't think of anything cultural <laughs> at the time, but they didn't think about trying to conquer other people. And of course, like billions of people still live in those areas. You know what I'm saying? Billions of people. More people live in that small little circle between India and China than any other place on the globe. Right. And they say, like, no, nah, we good. We, we still here. And India's hot, humid. <laughs> they got two seasons, dry and wet. Yeah, all right. So we got to get, all right, Chris, Chris, we got to, we got to, like, we got to talk about this. Uh, like, it. Someone's trying to drive the narrative. Right. It's new, right. <laughs> nuanced than, new, it was more nuanced than I think you guys are good. No, I'm not going to give it. It's not going to, there's never going to be a situation where I'm going to imagine all the Samuels from Django. Sorry. That's not, nuanced or not, that was not a reality in, in black culture, black slave culture. Um, um, and, and the, the scene, like, like you got to understand, yes, there's a level of, uh, there's a level of, of protecting, like if you have a family, and trying to make the best out of a situation that's been handed to you. But I refuse to believe that the majority of my ancestors didn't crave freedom, wasn't thinking about freedom, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, so the, the nuance for me is that I think that narrative gives narrative to one story or one, I don't want to say one specific story, but to like one faction or one small percentage of a story but I'm not going to paint that with a broad stroke of the narrative of that's where everybody that that was the prevailing thought was like uh, we just want to be fucking slaves and I, I, like, like I, we okay with that we okay yeah. with just being like this ain't half bad like this this I like like could could have been could be worse like nah man I, I can't I can't deal with that and, I can't and, and, that. and the thing even the narrative even go back to like Uncle Tom's cabin I know that's like the, you Uncle Tom Uncle Tom but if you read the book and think about why did Uncle Tom not run for freedom, he was like, I'm an old man. I'm not going to slow y'all two young people down from getting their freedom. Like, I'm doing this for y'all. I'm going right. to sacrifice myself right. for you guys because everyone had their own way of dealing with this harsh reality. 
We don't know how our mental is going to deal with this. Some of you might take the path of passive resistance, where you might uh, pee in, the, in your in your uh, uh, the sweet tea for your master if that's your bag. Like right. some people's like, yo, I ain't gonna run because like I'm not, I don't have a big enough plan to escape. Right. Because not like the underground railroad was there for years and years. It took lots of planning you gotta to get something to do. You gotta understand, it's like like at the end of the day, like black family has always meant everything to black people. And protecting those black families, so it's like you have people that 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 had to stay slave and couldn't run for freedom because they was trying to protect the black families, or even, like like keeping the black family together because it could be ripped away from you at any given time. And they even had a lot of reports of how deep the family bond. Some cats would just run away to the neighboring plantation, see their wife, see their children, and then run back. And hopefully they didn't get caught in the meantime because. Family was that important, right? Like to them, like it's so much. It's, right, it's deeper than rap. Right, you're right. <laughs> it is a little bit more nuanced than than, than just that. But I, I, I mean the the group, like the like this this thing that there was like some kind of prevailing group of people that was just like, yo, man, like massa, we sick. Like I just don't think. Um, well, you said there were only three slave revolts in America. Wrong, 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 sir. Well, Yo, wrong, wrong. What, what, what does PWI just taught you? Wrong, 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 wrong. Uh, it, no, was like, it, was, no, no. it was like 25 in South Carolina alone. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. Like, like, you know about the majors. You know about Nat Turner's Rebellion. And they, and they only put those in there just to save. But, yo, you got, you got, you got the Stoner Rebellion in South Carolina, which caused all the black slave code laws. You, uh, you had Denmark Beasley, which is South Carolina. But you had all these other yeah. smaller slave rebellions that aren't talked about enough because it didn't cause as much damage. Jesus it, Christ, it, there, there, there was so many slave revolts in New Orleans. Like, New Orleans. New Orleans right. became, because of slave revolts, New Orleans became a, 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 almost a free, a free city. And, and after the Haitian Revolution, Lord, black folk was like, oh, we can be free too? Like, like it's a reason why Haiti's so poor today. Because 1811, Louisiana slave revolt. The colonial powers that be was like, nah, we can't let these black folks think that if you get free, that you can have power and whatnot. Like, like look at Haiti in the Dominican Republic. Why is the Dominican Republic so much well off? Like, when a hurricane hits, why only seem like Haiti gets hit and not the Dominican Republic? And they share a goddamn island together. When an earthquake hits, why does Haiti get affected, but then the Republic be like, yeah, we straight? Because it's been systematically been robbed of all its potential. And it's, yeah. a big, it's a bigger nuances in that too. My 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 Haitian brother was breaking it down. Right, uh, you have a slave revolt in Natchez, Mississippi, in the 17, 1726, uh, decades before the Civil War, Pittsburgh uh, and Columbus. Uh, I'm just reading. I just did a simple Google search. So so dude, just Google Google search slave revolts in America. And, and resistance in America. Like, wow, man. Like, that was a whopper. A whopper of a state. Man. Only three in American history. That, that, that PWI, they only taught you about three because they, those were the three majors. People rolling over in their graves right now. With you like, like, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I didn't want to call you an uh, N-word, but I got two of them in me. Yeah, nah. <laughs> and I know Malik could sit here and put, like, Slave revolts that just happened in Louisiana, like in that area. Yeah, he like, talk about them. Yeah, like he could probably give you like four to five or something like that. Uh, like yeah, that like yeah, like hey, yo, hey, hey, you know how many ghosts 
probably roam around Charleston and do all this just off of flavor books alone. Right. You went, <laughs> you went there. You went yes, yes, I did. There. Like every time I'm in an old behind Plantation City, I'm like, gotta right. be close to this bad boy because those spirits ain't died too kind and they still roaming like we gotta get our vengeance. One way or like the when other. you step like I honestly when you do step on like former plantations like you go to weddings and stuff <laughs> at plantation don't you be like 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 don't you be <laughs> trying to like exercise <laughs> and be like yo it's black people like <laughs> like this is what y'all were fighting for this is keep my head on the swivel this is what just like the spirit like the spirit like yo yeah. like like keep it together like the thousand of mind like yo like we free now like those those kind of sort of the spirit is real like you can feel the pain. Still permeating those places, like you. But, but, here, but I'm sorry. But here's the other thing, Chris. We appreciate you um, chiming in. Because you watch the show live and and, and and contributing to the discussion. Like uh, we don't want because it's your black and, and and there have been times that you schooled us on stuff that we didn't know what was going on. And, and I don't want to say like we schooled you on anything, but you know, knowledge is out there. And, I got a history degree. Right. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> Yeah, no. I was like, nah, 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 I got hold, hold up, <laughs> hold up. I got a history degree at an HBCU. So, oh my God. Now, no, no, my, no, no. my history department was wrong in yours. No, 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 no. That, I just want to say, it turned out like all my history became black like, history. Right, like every, like, yeah, you don't have, you don't have in my American white history, history classes. Class. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, is it supposed to be American history? Yeah, through the lens of black people. All right. All right. Is this European history? Yeah, through the lens. Yeah, I had people. I took I took European history. I, I took had the most. I had civilization, all that. Like I had the I had the literature history department. You know, we had Dr. Raphael Casimir, first guy to integrate the University of New Orleans, first black one of the first black students at the University of New Orleans, and end up chairing the history department. We had Dr. Joe Lewis Caldwell, uh, giant in the history game. You know, we had Dr. Lassen, uh, Lassen, who who helped write write help um, like produce some of the information that your mom that your mom knew when she was writing a book about our grandfather. So it was like my my history department was. We had Dr. Alton Horsby where he has a whole award in the Southern Conference African Studies My Incorporated that, that they give scholarships in his name. Like, like he, he, there you go. Here, you just couldn't let me have it, huh? <laughs> I'm just saying, don't, don't act like I didn't have uh, excellent education as well. Man, I was at the forefront. I should have stuck with it. But, like, we introduced a new professor who was teaching the uh, history of the black aesthetic through hip-hop music. I was gonna be a hip hop historian at one point in time, man. And I was We're going, so glad that that. I was gonna be a. I was gonna get a PhD off that mess though. Yeah, I went you could have walked. You could have walked that all the way through. I ain't yeah, gonna lie. Yeah, I was at the University of Minnesota, and the author of the Amistad was my mentor at the University of Minnesota. He was like, brother, like, like when I did my presentation on my master's thesis. Them white people had nothing to add. tell me. Like they was, they was ripping. Uh, they were ripping people's uh, presentations. Came to my was like. Uh, are you going to just limit your scope of uh, of discovery between this Queens, New York, and Atlanta, Georgia? That's the only question they could ask me, man. Because I had the dopest for those who won't ever want to curse to go back in this uh, profession of being a professor. I was studying hip hop as a cultural response to class of race struggles, looking at the geocultural locale of Queens, New York, and Atlanta, Georgia. So I was like, yeah, it's not, all about <laughs> not New Orleans, perhaps. Yo, we changed I, the game, baby. We changed the game, baby. I went, I went, look, I went with Queens, New York, and Atlanta, Georgia, because I was looking at the scope 
uh, from 1994 to 2001. Who came out in 1994? Who came out in 1994? Not the Illmatic. Okay. And Outcast's song playlist to Cadillac Music. That was 94. They both came out in 94. So I use that as the trajectory of the music. I got it. So, you know, it was faces. But I got to buy all these books on like rap. And I got to go to concerts and they had to pay for it because I was studying rap, and they're like, I'm all in the game, baby. Well, let's talk I'm about it. I'm in the game. Let's talk about it. And so, as, a, as a hip-hop historian. All right, all right that's what I'm saying. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about my man, 21 Savage. What about him? <laughs> all right, so. 21, 21. If you don't, like, I listen to the Rap Radar podcast. That's one of my favorite podcasts. And, like, they just interview, they just interview, uh, you know, random artists and things like that. And so they did a podcast with 21 Savage. And I'm listening to this. And I hate 21 Savage's music, right? <laughs> so I'm listening to this interview. But he's just talking about, like, like you know, like, you know, everybody gets on and be like, don't glorify this, don't glorify that. But um, he's on there like, like, he was like, man, I just can't be fake. I lived it. He was like, I can't go back to, like, being stupid. He was like, my can't friend. Go, he can't, yeah, can't go back. Yeah, but, but he was so real because he was like, my friends are my friends. I'm not changing my friends. Sure enough. He said, what I can change is like, whether I do stupid stuff with my friends or not. And he was like, I can change that. I can, I can not do stupid things with my friends because it's too much online, but my friends are my friends. And then, you know, he was talking about, you know, the guy got shot six times, right? 21-21? Yes, shot six times. God, and damn, his best friend died in the car with him, like, when he got shot six times. So he was like, yo, I... He was like, all these experiences I'd be rapping about, he was like, yo, like, you know, like, there are a lot of artists out here. And, you know, you hear this narrative about, like, a lot of artists like, that are faking and stuff like that. But Rick Ross. But he just came off, right, he just came off as so authentic because he was like, look, I rap about stuff. Now, and he was like, and sometimes I really don't want to rap about it because I don't want to glorify it because he was like, I got shot six times. It wasn't like no Richard died trying. He's like, I got shot six times. And he was like, all I can remember is the windshield wipers. The door, the sound that you make when the door opens up, and me trying to dial 911, but there's so much blood on my iPhone that I can't even swipe through to dial 911, and I'm trying to walk and and get somebody to help me, and like my hand is hanging because I it got shot in the hand, and he was like, so I don't glorify, and he was like, all at the same time, I'm trying to wake my best friend up, and he is dead. Yeah. So he was like, I don't even try to rap about them kind of things, cause he's like, cause I don't even want to glorify that. Like that was the worst day of my life. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know about the Bible. I've known more about that. I'm just telling yeah. all my ex chick. Yeah, <laughs> like no. So you gotta listen. Like, you gotta listen to because you had this profound respect to where you actually want to go listen to Twenty One Savage music because he was just making a lot of things. Like he was just like, yo, look. He's like, look, I'm just completely focused on uh, making money. And he was like, and if it's not about making money, he's like, I don't even get on airplanes unless uh, unless I'm gonna make X amount of dollars. He's like, because I'm not afraid to be on airplane. And he was like, and he was like, I'm like walking through airports with like all the tats on my face. People be like staring and stuff like that. And I feel uncomfortable. And I was thinking to myself, like, why the hell did you get tats on your face? Because he got them when he was young. Because before he got. But you know, like. Right. But 21 Savage, like, say he got, you know, he got eight sisters and like, he got, like, it's a family of eight or 12 or something like that. Eight for you, boy. Yeah. Like, and he was like, yo, like, like, so, but you know, he was just talking about what he does for his, like, he takes care of his family. He was like, look, man, he was like, I pulled the stitches out of my arm. He was like, I ain't had no health insurance. They were charging me seventy five dollars every time I was going to the hospital. So like, I have money like that. So he was like, so when the stitches came out of my arm for for like after they put the rod in my arm after I got shot, he's like, and my brother just cut them things out themselves. And I'm like, 
you are savage. <laughs> like, like that's some sa- that's some savage type of stuff that you that yeah, you did. On a single pair, hell, we would have <laughs> that young man risking his life and and, life. Exactly. <laughs> and speaking of that, a perfect transition into you know if y'all haven't been watching, of course, the Affordable Care Act did not make it to but all the, the, the American 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 yeah I know they still calling it Affordable Care because they got to lump it into. Like media, like white people slick, so they just trying to lump it all into uh, like they still try to lump it into affordable air cat, uh, air uh, affordable care act because that's what's trending on Facebook right now. Yeah, what I, well, I found interesting was how the different uh media outlets were covering for whatever reason. My doctor's office is always on Fox News, always, and I only seen one white patient in that office since I started going. And I think my doctor slick because they be like, yo, so we gonna have another month appointment? Like, why, why you gotta see me again? You just saw me. Like, I'm cool and I'm good. Mm-hmm. But they on Fox News they call the the American Healthcare Act Obamacare light. Right. On MSNBC they call it Trump Care mm-hmm. or Ryan Care. So it's funny how they try to flip the narrative right, that right. if it fails. It was Obamacare. Right. Yeah, Obamacare. Yeah, they still got a. Right, right. Nah, that's your law. Don't be like. Given the whole context, one, it did not make it. They didn't have the, the, the votes. And I, I was like brutal on Facebook that uh, if you don't know the brothers to a, uh, um, who, who kind of uh, influenced all the elections, <laughs> I, I shall say, uh, every election. But they put out like three hundred million dollars, and it was like, if you vote no for this in the Republic, you get access to this three hundred million in campaign time. And lo and behold, <laughs> look at what happened. Like no, no Republican was like, nah, this is a good idea. They was just like, uh, yeah, not a good idea. And um, and so so yeah, so I thought that was really interesting that how like how easily so healthcare gets Trump. Like like reforming our healthcare agenda gets can get trumped for three hundred million. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. It, 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 like promise three hundred million to candidates. So there's only like thirty candidates that was like, yo, like afterwards it was like, yo, no, nah, we can't do this. Because the thing is, they never really had a good idea. First of all, like if that actually had passed, a lot of them would have been booted out. That's why a lot of cats right. like they like they ain't saying so many words, but they well, they start writing on the wall. It's like. Nah, if I pass well, this, well, if, like, and, like, and, if the, and if the brothers, and if the Koch brothers say like, "Yo, we're gonna put up money against your opponent," because you know their thing was that this wasn't enough to repeal. Like, they want to go back to the old system, and and yes, I absolutely think that healthcare is a right. I think that if we allow access to healthcare for more people now, like preventative care maintenance, like black people are already scared of the hospital as it is, um, if we access preventative care. It would stop us from pick, picking up the tab on major bills. That way, our premiums and insurance, like, I'm all about paying for health care. If we were serious about preventative care and making sure, like, if people weren't going to be able to pay for health care, they need to start in preventative care, like, from Jump Street yeah. and then run through that preventative care. That way, when they get to be 50, 60 years old, they don't have all of these health problems. And 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 that doesn't make our, our tax payments or... Our, like it would make our taxes, our premiums at the insurance company go through the roof because we're covering some people who never went to the doctor and then all of a sudden woke up and had cancer, cancer. or have a heart attack because they didn't do anything preventative. So yes, there is a there is a serious flaw in that thinking, 
and and the, the thing that we're carrying people who who just like yeah healthcare should be right like like because we're gonna pay more if you don't cover don't these do it. and I'm I, I think I'm gonna post uh, on there uh, there's a YouTube channel called Healthcare Triage and this guy just basically breaks down different healthcare systems in different countries and so he broke down Canada's he broke down France's he broke down Germany's and all these different healthcare uh, systems. And, you know, a lot of things I always say about uh, Canada is, like, wait time, wait time, wait time. And he was like, compared to the wait time that you do in an emergency room in America, right. it is the same amount of wait time. And even with that being said, the satisfaction levels of Canadians with their health care is double mm. the satisfaction that we have for ours. And when the, you have the single-payer system, you're able to control so many different costs. And it's like, yeah, things that Canada won't pay for, oh, you're not paying for your plastic surgery. I'm sorry, you got to pay for that out of your, right. your pocket. But, right. but your cancer, you're good. Right. Anything that's necessary and critical, and I, and that's I got you. I, and, and everyone gets the preventative. I don't know whether, I don't know, like, the, I, I guess it's just going back to this narrative of a, of a pie. And people think that, like, equity is, like, taking a piece of someone else's pie, like, taking a bigger cut of the pie. No, it's just getting your own pie. That's yeah. what equity is. And, like, I don't understand how people can't view it like that. Like, like no, we don't want half your pie. We want our own pie. Like, yeah. you can keep your pie. Yeah. I want pie. I don't want yours. I want mine. Give me my own pie. Like, 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 like I don't want to drink out of your cup. I want my own cup of drink. And, and it's, so, it's so ridiculous. Because they say we don't want a single parent system. We've been on a single parent system called Medicaid. Right. Like, like Medicaid. And it works. And Medicare. And, like, people 65 and plus, they love it. They love it. Yeah, man. They, they love it. Like, we have an aunt that just sings his praises. Like, everything. like I'm going to get all my health stuff. Yeah, yo, but imagine yo, if we could do that. For everybody. And you're not early. going to care. Like, and I keep saying this over and over again. You say you get to choose your doctors. You get to choose this. Every time I change job, I have to change my doctor. Unless I got the same insurance company. Mm-hmm. So what are you talking about? Like, I remember when I was working at J. Crew. And I was only making seven fifty an hour, but I didn't want to leave because they gave me health care. And I did not like that job. But I was afraid to kind of branch out because, God forbid, I flip on the sidewalk and twist my knee. And now i am got a $50,000 bill because I went to the emergency room, which was a sucker. The fact that my mom on numerous occasions was like, nah, we ain't riding in the ambulance. Yeah. Because we ain't paying that. Yeah. Like, 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 do you need this? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, we were driving our own car. Thank you very much. You going to emergency room? Nah, 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 nah. We going to this place. Because, but, that, but that's uh, crazy, like, that That you have to, like, be that. Like, I mean, just, just do a single pair. So like, try it. Like, try it. But but to to some of the comments, you're right. They won't try it because we profit off of everything. You know? We're we, we surrounded by greed. Like, until, I, you, until you can remove, remove greed... So I, I, until you can remove greed from the world, like which will never happen, it's like that's when everything. Is, but there's always going to be somebody yeah. greedy because white well, people sound like no, 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 no. But I even think about it. I, I, I got to break it down. We talked about European, during European culture earlier in the show, but yet a lot of European nations have universal health care. So you got to think about what makes America different, because you had all these people going after guns. Oh well, God, gold, glory. And God, did I miss one? Guns? Guns, guns. maybe, whatever. It's three Gs. Guns, big. glory, and God. Was that the three Gs? That's, I think that's what it is. It was the three Gs with the manifest destiny. So 
So the kind of mindset of the people who left Europe to come to America was already on that fourth G of greed. I'm here to take, 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 take. Mm. And they brought us over with that take, 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 take mentality. So we always, in our fabric of the DNA of this country, it's been greed. But that's, not, we take from. but that's never been the fabric and DNA of black people. But we don't run you know, like things. In, no, here, you're right. <laughs> but, but I'm not, the fabric and DNA of black people is always just connected with, connected, connectivity with your, your environment and your land. Like, that's yeah. what, yeah. that's what happens. That's what was happening. So we, we always, I feel like we always look to center ourselves but we get told that this American dream is. Um, I'm glad that Malik is on here with his history degree right. as well. Somebody like they went through World War II, and I'll say to you, sir, we did too. When oh. they were rebuilding and adopting universal health care, like I think FDR tried, and of course they would have put some kind of provision that black people can't be a part of this system because that's what they did with the New Deal and make FDR was like, nah, I can't rock y'all black folks even getting any of this New Deal money. That's why, like, we've systematically screwed so often, and they want to constantly say right, that not, black people always want to be a victim. It's like, when y'all were getting union jobs in Detroit, in Chicago, and all that, are, we were excluded from are, your union. Y'all are, hanging, y'all, are, y'all are hanging us for trying to join the union. Yeah, we join the all scab. Right. And, and no, no, that. no, we were taking the union job. Like, they were hanging them because, like, no, no, no niggas going to take our union jobs. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like, all these that brought your family's prosperity. Like I said, there's this weird thing where I just feel like white people don't connect with like environment and people and cultures and like like they're like a it's like a virus. Like like they don't connect. Like they do a terrible job. Like you very seldomly find um like white people who get it and have this connectivity that's not centered in some like some other some kind of like a uh, false pretense almost. You know, like, like I can count the number of people on, like, one hand, and it's really weird. But I think inherently black people have always shared this connection with with uh, environment, the world, the globe, the, the, the like, the, the land. And, I, I, and is, I, is it black people or is it African-American? No, I think, well, I mean, well, what, I'm just asking. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about Africans that are taking over because you mentioned, like, Africans took over here and we were forced into this American greed system. And then, like, they pushed on us, like, this American dream stuff. Like, be American. Be American. Be greedy as us. And that was never in our DNA. Our DNA was never, like, like when we got, like, when we got free, we just wanted to be, like, chill. Like, we just wanted to just, like, yo, like, let, let me just raise my family, dog. Like, let me, let me raise, uh, you made, made me a farmer. Let me just be a farmer. I'm cool with it. Like, let me, let me, let me go. Right. So, so it was never this thing of, like, yo, let's crush the white people now that we're yeah. free. Let's crush them. Never was. It was just about equity and and yeah. and back to yeah. my pie mentality. We didn't want their pie. We, we just want our own pie. pie. And the thing is that I think the greed mentality, when they saw your pie was looking too fresh, when your right. pie was looking too good, I, why your pie looking better than my pie? I gotta have your pie. Right. Or, or your too. pie. Or your pie can never. We have to make it to where your pie can never look as good as mine. And, and like you gotta is, use pie scrap, Oklahoma. Right. Uh, which is like the crazy mentality of why they always say black people, why do you do this, that, and the third? It's because you've always treated us differently. Like, I find it kind of comical when we talk about President Obama 
or we talk about Colin Kaepernick or something like that, and they'd be like, he's half white, he's half white, he's half white, he's half white. And I'm like, y'all don't never treat him like he's half white. Right. Y'all only bring that up when it fits your narrative yep. because we would never have to say half white. We could say biracial for years and years and years, but you made it a very clear point that if you have a little bit of black in you, you are black, and you treated them like they were black, and you have so many kids who are confused about their identity because you will not allow them to embrace their whiteness along with their blackness. So they went to becoming black and people of color. Most biracial people I've come in contact with in my life identify with their blackness more than they do with their whiteness. And I almost feel like, damn, you can't discount your mother or your father, whoever that parent is, because I think that's a part of your DNA. But the world as a whole has said that your blackness is something different, therefore we must treat you different. And they've been proving that with their policies. They've been proving that with their medical practices. The fact that they say we feel pain. We don't feel pain as great as white folks. So we don't prescribe you different painkillers. Like so many things you've done as a country. And then you're like, why y'all acting like victims all the time? Because you constantly victimizing us. I'm not trying to be a victim. I don't want to be your goddamn victim. I just want to point out to you what's going on. So when the shit hits the fan, you understand what is going on. Is out. <laughs> 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 gotta educate, man. Yo, gotta educate, boy. Yo, this is a very see, man. I, 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 you know, I've been wrestling about whether or not we need to continue to do this on Facebook Live or not, and because I, I feel like, you know, like, but, but then like the audience shows up, and then we get this type of engagement, and I'm just like, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've constantly. But I, I, <laughs> right, right, because we, we want to be able to provide the platform where. It's, you know, maybe it's not so much us being on camera on Facebook Live, but we really moved the, the the platform over to Blog Talk that you guys can call in and we can do an interview. Like I I love to sit down and talk with a lot of you and and do interview sessions and kind of make it a lot more interactive than what the what Facebook will allow us to do. So uh, I see some comments like, "Yeah, you're gonna call in one day. We would love to have you." And uh, but you know, we 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 want to be very uh, I guess we want to be very, very uh, in tune to, to our audience and what our audience thinks. And, and I think we have the smartest audience. I think we have one of the smartest audience in the in the country right now. And what do you guys want to see? Um, you know, like like we're 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 either way when it comes to this Facebook Live thing. Because uh, I never, I mean, honestly, the vision was never about doing this on live. And actually, I, I think Facebook Live is getting kind of saturated and whack too, um, just to be honest. But, you know, we open for discussions because we really want this to be a content. So, like, we really want to take the content that we're getting from y'all in, in comments and really, you know, build an inclusive website uh, and still do our podcast and include you guys in the podcast in a way that's more uh, engaging than what Facebook Live is. So, I'll I take your thoughts. Y'all, y'all know how to get in contact with me. Y'all know my telephone number. If you don't know my telephone number, you know how to reach me. Uh, in some kind of way, shape, or form, or reach out to Mr. Brown. Let us know what you're thinking, because, you know, we've been wrestling with this for, like, the last couple of weeks, like, wrestling. But, you know, we, wow, man, uh, uh, <laughs> so an hour and 30 minutes in, uh, this is in your black is out. I, I do, I, I just want to feedback before you go there. Go, go it's just that, the discussion tonight illuminates why your black is already exists. That to have 
intelligent discussion um, of the world through a black perspective and the fact that it's a diverse audience. Thank you, Mikey, for making this. <laughs> making this Mikey diverse. Frank. <laughs> making it diverse. But but that this could be a forum that this isn't ignorance. We can be ignorant, but this is ignorance. This is us as intelligent black people discussing all matters of things that happen in the world as it affects especially young You still can call yourself young black folk, right? We teeter in that line, okay. though, bro. <laughs> we get in there. My my knees don't feel so young anymore, but but I got to be young because I'm a rapper, so I got to... <laughs> I gotta gotta look fresh for for youngins, but without y'all and your insight, we wouldn't be able to have such rousing conversations and rousing debates. And we want to say thank you and help us make this thing better. And hey, your black is out. Your black is out on the net. Yo, now and now now now, now, now you want to talk. Now I want to shout out. Now I want to shout out. No, we got a uh, man. I want to shout out Malik, who always uh been a great uh, friend of the show and his uh his no his no no nola tours frozen uh frozen photography uh like i said frozen yeah ph ph Charles in frozen photography uh uh shout out i saw courtney on online shout out courtney all the work that she's doing in public health newest member of the city club she joined that country club life um and then also, I know I saw uh, Megan in in the in the feed earlier, and she has this great um, blog called Crescent City Snow, which is the ultimate guide. I mean, actually, not a book; it's actually a book. Crescent City Snow, the ultimate guide to New Orleans snowballs, uh, which I know uh, will interest some folks as well. So we want to be real intentional about shouting out the people that support us. I've seen numerous cousins like shout out my cousin Lee too. Shout out. Uh, Shout out my man Mikey. Yeah, my Mikey. Man, yeah, I see. I see Mikey jumped in there. He was like, "I'm, I'm, here, I'm, I'm, I'm just learning, baby." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mikey, I'm not racist. I'm just a bigot. <laughs> so if you're in the Pittsburgh area, give Mike a call. You got a dog. He's a, one of the best. Uh, he, he's a dog whisperer. Like, like he can get your dog to do right. <laughs> like, like he got that on on lock. All right. You know. I think we shout out all the businesses. We shout out all the people that we wanted to shout out. This has been your blackest hour. Your blackest hour than that. KP, Mr. Brown. We'll see you next Tuesday. Womp womp. You know, it was like twerk something too on the radio. All the playing was like bounce music. Really? Like, like, yeah. I was like, get ready, get ready, get ready now. I was like, oh, shit.